In Massachusetts, there is a 200-mile region where unexplained and sometimes sinister events occur. This region is known as the Bridgewater Triangle. It is widely believed that the reason for this hotspot of supernatural and mystifying activity is due to the way that English settlers treated Native Americans. You are listening to Small Town Mysteries, Bridgewater Triangle Edition, and we are your hosts, Kate, Christine, Rachel. Listener discretion is advised. All right, let's get into it. Yes. Yes, welcome to our second episode of our Bridgewater Triangle series. Spooky season. You know. (laughs) Okay, so as you all know, Kate gave you like the basic of the Bridgewater Triangle. I'm going to uncover more of the creepy, paranormal, kind of unexplained shit. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I also, before you get into it, I also want to say that I know from my experience researching and i know rachel felt the same way we're barely scratching the surface here Mm -hmm. like there is centuries and centuries of weird stuff that happened in the bridgewater triangle and we like are very much scratching the surface with like the craziest or the most recent or like in my case the most relevant historical ones Mm -hmm. but there's so much more there that we could like that we couldn't cover even if we wanted to do like 50 episode series there's just so much. No, it's literally so, crazy. My doc is like 14 pages. And that's even after like cutting a lot of stuff. Yeah. But then again, like I do space things and like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we get it, Rach. You're a little long winded, but not in a bad way. All right, whatever. So last week, <laughs> last weekend, <laughs> like whoa, last weekend, no. last week, um, we were trying to talk about how the boundaries of the triangle were actually determined and on a mission. Cause once I get on a mission, like there's no stopping me. I tried so hard to figure it out because it just doesn't really make a lot of sense, like sense to me because like the borders like cut through towns. Like there's part of towns that are in it and then like other parts that are not. And I just don't understand. I just don't think it would be as satisfying if it wasn't a triangle. Like <laughs> I feel like he just picked points and then was like triangle instead of like, because otherwise it'd be like beep, 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 beep. like a blob, the Bridgewater yeah, blob. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. There is no way that it's confined to like exactly the shape of a triangle. Like I'm sorry, no, dude. It, yeah, it's not like it's like town. Like you know how like town lines are supposedly like hard boundaries, but when you like yeah. cross a town line, it's like sometimes it cuts through someone's yard and their house is technically in one town, but also the backyard is in another town, but legally they're in one. You know, like. I can't imagine it being anything different from that, where it's not, like, this completely nebulous area. Yeah. Well, that's, like, our high school. Like, some of it was in Whitman, some of it was in Hanson. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. If you went to science class, you were in a different town than when you went to gym class. Okay. So, well, I tried to figure this out, and I went to find... I went back to the library for the second time. So a a name that really kept popping up in my research was Lauren Coleman, who is a very popular cryptozoologist. Um, And he originally coined the term in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. I think it was in the book. 
Mysterious America, which I literally checked out because I was like, oh, maybe this will actually tell me something. But it didn't. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Actually, like, I was, like, so upset after the library. I went on his website and I literally emailed him. Like, I went that far. Well, I I felt bad because I gave you this whole pep talk when you were like, I think I need to go back to the library. I gave Rachel this whole pep talk about, like... (laughs) You know, and when you're doing research and if all the signs are pointing back to like the same person or the same book, what you really got to do is go to the source there. You got to start at ground zero and work your way out. So if you have questions about the origin of this, go to where it originated. And then she texts me and she's like, absolutely nothing. And I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm so sorry. Like, typically in my experience, I'm able to find what I'm looking for. So this is devastating. (laughs) I felt really bad. (laughs) This is what happened. I literally was just like in my car and I went to his website. Because he has a museum, actually. Wait, you didn't even go which... home? You just emailed him from the car? Okay, no, okay, I didn't... You have to listen to the whole story! I okay. needed to, like, decompress in my car before I drove home, okay? I'm sorry. And I was, like, looking at his website, because he has a museum, a museum in Portland, actually. Yes. We were supposed to go, and then we didn't, because we were hungover. I... But it was crazy that it was the same guy. Like, when I realized that, I called Kate, and I was like, Oh my god, did you know this? And she was like, No! And blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I had to sit in my car. So, like, I wrote out this whole thing, and it was, like, really nice, and I sent it, and then it said, like, error, so I don't even know if it actually said, guys, so. <laughs> it was a hate email to a cryptozoologist. No, it wasn't a hate email. It was a question. Okay. I was asking him. Like, I was like, I would really love to talk to you about this. Like, I'm from this area. Like, that would be so cool. Like, Rach, what if you, like, figured out your address somehow and sent you a letter, and it was, like in the envelope and instead of like a seal it was like a sticker of bigfoot <laughs> that's what i would do if i was a cryptozoologist i would like seal all of my letters with like cryptid stickers <laughs> i don't know that's just an aside wouldn't that be hysterical sure <laughs> <laughs> no one's laughing but me yeah i don't know because it's kind of random it is that's the whole point is that you would get a letter and you'd be like, oh, I wonder who that's from. You flip it over and you're like, oh, Bigfoot. Okay, well. I wonder. Yeah. Luckily, I. I usually laugh at what I have to say. Only sometimes. Um, luckily, I, I was able to like get myself out of it. I went like on his Twitter and I was like, I was going to direct message him, but I couldn't. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I need to go home. And then by the time I was home, I was like, I should not do this anymore. <laughs> You need to take a nap, recalibrate. Okay, it doesn't matter. I'm so off topic. But like, this is just how my brain works. It's like something and then like, it's either I have to go full in or I'm not going to do it. Okay, so back to the Bridgewater Triangle, because that's the main star here. Yes. Which is known for a lot of strange, unexplained and paranormal phenomena. But as well, there is a high crime rate in this area that apparently is disproportional to the amount of land like there actually is and like also to surrounding area. I don't know how true that is. I'm not sure. That was just what it was written in my book. I'm sure if I really wanted to, I could have went and like figured out all the crime rates of every town and then like did the math. But like, uh-uh. Me and math don't know. We're not I not was going to say that would be where I would would have put my time. <laughs> Oh, really? Instead of the triangle, I would, like, I'm already trying to look it up <laughs> to see if that's actually true. 
It is. Like, I remember it's, like, compared to the rest of Massachusetts, a disproportionately high amount of crime occurs in the Bridgewater Triangle. But how big is Massachusetts in general? How much does the Triangle take up compared to the rest of Massachusetts? So the, the Triangle is 200 miles. So how many square miles is Massachusetts? That's a question. I mean, eh, 10,500. So it's like 50. It's like one fifty oneth, one fifty tooth, one out of fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I guess my my point being that it's not like it's a higher percentage of the total land in Massachusetts, where I could like kind of understand like, oh, well, it's a big chunk of land in Massachusetts compared to all of Massachusetts. Therefore, the crime rate compared to the rest of Massachusetts is you know, hi. Also, but, like, I don't know. I think another thing to consider is, like, some of the towns within the Bridgewater Triangle, I would call them more cities. And, like, mm-hmm. you're going to have more crime Like, Brockton cities. is one of Taunton. the highest. And, and Taunton, yeah, and Fall River, they're one of the highest crime rates in general. So I don't know if it's the triangle versus, like, or the yeah. fact city. <laughs> Particular that already have particularly high crime rates compared to yeah. other towns in cities in Massachusetts. You know what? It sounds good when you're talking about it, okay? Yeah, I'm just it sus. It's very compelling. <laughs> you're like, ooh, is the land poisoned? Is it like it where the town itself is evil? Uh, I, I think the a lot of the land is poisoned. I am happy to hear it. Well, not happy to hear it. I'm excited to learn about it. <laughs> no, I just think that like no matter what, like what we talked about last week, like we did such horrible things to like mm-hmm. innocent people. That energy is not going to go anywhere. In my yeah. opinion. All bad vibes. Yep. All right. So before I actually start on the Freetown forest, which is like the big kahuna here. Yeah. <laughs> Great terminology. I love it. I know. You're welcome. I just want to kind of run down about how we feel about like paranormal stuff and afterlife. Cause I personally believe, and I know Kate does, but I know there's someone mm-hmm. in this chat who does not. <laughs> Wonder who? I don't oh, want to say anything be? about that because I wanted to stay open, but um, basically I don't believe in any of this shit <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like paranormal. Like at all? Uh, no, at all. I do like, you not don't, you believe, don't believe in, par- in, like- in paranormal activity. Ghosts, nothing. Okay. So like I believe in signs. No, like no signs. What the heck? So you, so you just believe in coincidences? Yeah, that's. Oh my god! Sorry. Um, it's okay. Moving on. I'll keep an open mind. <laughs> well, okay. for the person who researched this, I'm like really into this stuff, and I really do believe. But obviously, still some of it. You're just like no, just no. Yeah. But <laughs> it's still it's entertaining stories to listen to. Some of it's like pretty far fetched. Like I remember. In my basic research, it was like, ooh, sometimes there's big dogs. And I was like, yeah, sometimes people have big dogs and they get loose. Like, doesn't mean there's, like, weird stuff happening, but, like... Yeah, but when when they mean big dogs, like, they don't mean, like, domesticated dogs. Like, I think these are more of, like, weird kind of canine-ish. Like, more wolf, like, werewolfy kind of... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's, when like, counter different. was the last sighting? Of the big dogs. <laughs> I don't know, probably pretty recent. I haven't read all like personal accounts. Like I would be here for the rest of my life doing that. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like trying to find all that. So like most of like the accounts I took was like from the book I read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like I tried, but it just got so ridiculous. And the thing is like a lot of the stories are close. Like they just have like one thing that's off. Like the color of the eyes is like blue and like something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And people are weird. So whatever. Memory is fallible too. So. Well, yeah. Like we suck. We talked about that last. (laughs) Memory is fake. (laughs) Fake news. All right. So the book I read is Ghosts of Bridgewater Triangle by Christopher Belonzo. And I know it seems like ghosts, so all of it's paranormal, but he also like digs into like the history and like actual facts, like the true crime also. Like I got a lot of my true crime, which is going to be next week. It was a really good book. So the Freetown Forest. Have either of you ever been there? No. No. Like, I would. Yeah, I would go there. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't necessarily believe in it, but it doesn't mean I want to be stuck in a forest at night. You don't have to believe in the paranormal or the supernatural to believe in bears. Yeah, like, there's actual real danger in there. And also, you do get a spooky feeling. Like, you know, you feel like someone's watching you or something. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Bad shit happens in the dark. You can't see. Like, even if you're talking about true crime, like, I feel like I've heard a lot of stories like that. Like, (laughs) all right, but that's not where we're going. So as I said earlier, the Freetown Forest is considered one of the most cursed and haunted areas in the Bridgewater Triangle. It's a publicly owned state park that is more than 5,000 acres, which is pretty large. (laughs) Yeah. It's located off of Route 24 in Freetown. The only thing that I could actually kind of figure out about the boundaries, like back to Lauren Coleman, he had said that he included the Freetown Forest, like specifically, like that's where he drew the line, was because of like all the cult activity and like other weird shit that was going on. Hmm. Which Christine's going to cover all the fun cult stuff. This was just a quote from the book that I thought was like kind of interesting and kind of, uh, I kind of believe it too, but... So, quote, putting a paranormal dot on the town seem instead to act as foreshadowing. Like, unquote. Which I, I, once you instill that, like, people are gonna, it doesn't matter. Well, like, it's like nature versus is. nurture. How much is it actually people having these experiences versus people thinking they're having these experiences because they've been influenced by the portrayal of the area as supernatural or paranormal? Yeah, I like that. There were some really good quotes that I kind of just had to use throughout. So, for those that don't know, Freetown, like many of the surrounding towns, consists of extremely thin, windy roads that are absolutely pitch black because, for some reason, these towns in Massachusetts do not believe in streetlights. Yeah, there's not a lot of streetlights in our town. And I don't know, like, once you get at least, like, towards Middleborough, which I know Middleborough is not in the Triangle, but it is closer to Taunton than, like, we are. Mm-hmm. the houses are more spaced out so it's like not like you even have like people's porch lights i feel like you know? bridgewater is um like the bridgewaters can be like that i mean not in the main part but especially like west bridgewater east bridgewater can be mm-hmm. very dark All right so there have been a lot of different reports about weird animals ufos weird lights seen in the sky and like literally so much more but i'm gonna start specifically like what's been seen in the forest and i'm gonna start with Scary animals. 
<laughs> it's just my overarching. Excellent. In 2006, an emu escaped from somewhere. From where? Just uh, somewhere? Somewhere. Just somewhere. And started charging at people in the forest. I'm thinking about um TikTok user at Useless Farm. And she has the emu named Karen, who's always running at her. And she's like grabbing it by the throat to like push it back. That would scare the shit out of me. Um, yeah. But the thing is, I oh. also... I talk about this earlier because, like, there's sighting of alligators, too. And I believe that people brought in these animals and then just didn't want to take care of them anymore. And then, because I've heard of that happening. Yeah. I just, I don't know, an emu? Why? That's terrifying. I Like, why? They're scary. Oh, yeah. I don't fuck with birds. They terrify me. It's like if Big Bird had murder in his heart. Oh, Am I wrong? No. (laughs) In addition to emus attacking people, there's also been like aggressive dogs, which I mentioned earlier. But I'm not, again, I'm not talking like domestic dogs. Like I'm talking weird, bigger, like sharp teeth, all that. So like Cujo. I don't know. Are they like, I don't know. Coyotes? The, The thing with Cujo is I only recently read it. So I feel like I always, like, I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I always thought Cujo was, like, supernatural, and to some extent, like, that he yeah. wasn't just, like, a dog, that there was, like, he was, like, possessed or something. No, he literally just has rabies. Poor guy. Gets bit by a bat. It's honestly, like, a really sad book. Anyway. So maybe not like Cujo. Unless they are just rabid. All right, and then some weird crime that also occurred in this area. In May 2016, they found wires, like, stretched across frequently used trails in the forest. And they were literally at, like, neck height. Mm -hmm. So the point was, like, to decapitate people, like, literally. On their bikes. On their, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I remember reading about that. That was, that was scary. Um, That's crazy. I just had to include that. Because, like, people are definitely, like, little shits in that area, too. And I think that's definitely something you have to keep in mind. Yeah. Okay. And then even famous people have reported seeing weird shit in this area. In 1974, Ronald Reagan reported seeing weird lights. Like that Ronald Reagan? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why was he here? It was it was for something. I forgot. I read about it. It, it made sense. He was here for a reason. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I was going to, is is there like a Ronald T. Reagan I don't know about who's like not the president, but was like famous for something else? Like that was what I was thinking, but. I guess it says that um, the Ronald Reagan UFO sighting occurred in 74 while he was flying to Bakersfield, California. Hmm. So, so he was in a plane. I guess so. I don't know. The thing is, I, it was really hard to find stuff. Like I tried and I just didn't have a lot of luck, but. Yeah. Yeah. I only see that on literally one website. Yeah. So it's like not really reported. Because also, like, weird lights, like, that's very undescriptive and broad. Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. No, totally. All right. So, have either of you heard of the Asanet Ledge? No, I don't think so. It's like one of the places to go, I guess, in the Freetown Forest area. It's like a huge Mm -hmm. ledge, and it's like an 80 to 90 foot drop down to an Mm -hmm. old quarry 
Yes, which I will talk about that. A little creepy. I just want you to realize how tall it is. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like, if you're doing dumb shit, like 80, 90 feet in the air, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Oh, because also, remember what we said about the dark. What if you're there in the dark and you don't know there's a ledge? But, like, you you have to, like, go up to the ledge. Oh, then never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You have to, like... The woods just drop off out of nowhere. Why don't you look it up? Look up a picture I'll of it. I'll look it up right now. You both should, if you've never seen it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so you have to climb. Yeah, no, no. You it's, like... It. It's purposeful <laughs> okay, to go to it. That's, that's like, slightly reassuring, because I was just imagining people just, like, straight up, like, walking out of the woods and whoop! You know, like... <laughs> no, no. That's better. That's better. <laughs> no, the thing is, the, uh, the Freetown Forest is, like, gorgeous. Like, apparently it's beautiful and it is a really nice place to visit. Which, Alex has been trying to get me to go forever and I'm just scared. For someone who doesn't like <laughs> true crime podcasts, he seems really interested in going to Freetown State Forest. Just because it's very beautiful. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know nature, Kate. People appreciate nature. Okay. So, how was the ledge formed, I feel like? It's a good question to ask. <laughs> I thought you were just asking us. I thought you were like, asking us, and I was like, uh... <laughs> nature? Natural disasters? <laughs> Actually, no. Oh, really? No, mining. Oh, oh well, yeah. Well, it's a quarry. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But apparently they mined, like, rare and unique granite. <laughs> okay. Called Arcos granite. Oh. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> it was Fall River Granite Company. And they operated in the 1800s. And here's a fun fact, which actually is pretty cool about this granite. You can still find this granite that was picked from this ledge in major construction projects, like, all around still today. Hmm. Like, like, like where? Some of these yeah. include... Here we go. <laughs> Fort Adams. New Bedford Waterworks, the New York State House in Albany, and then Taunton State Hospital, which I'm going to be talking about more later. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was used as a quarry for a while, and then that came to an end in the early 1900s. It was functioning as a quarry in a blacksmith shop. And then one day, dynamite was ignited, which okay. resulted in a huge explosion that took the lives of many men. Oh. And then after that, they closed. Like, that was it. Mm -hmm. So often is the case with mining operations. So, like, no matter what, there's... At least in, like, how I believe in things is, like, something bad did happen there. Like, there is probably some kind of energy. Like, maybe mm -hmm. they're not necessarily bad. But, like, there still could be energy trapped in that area from, like, such a horrible occurrence. Right. Christine's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had so much fun researching my stuff, even though like half the stuff I'm like, I don't believe in this really, but it's fun. I liked it. Okay, cool. I think it's fun to challenge like your normal beliefs no matter what. Definitely. And just see what people come up with, to be honest. Yeah, people are crazy as well. So there's <laughs> various accounts of other like horrible shit happening in this area, but it's kind of harder to find documentation. Most of it's, like, kind of hearsay, rumors, you know. So, obviously, you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I think that's kind of implied. 
But there have been over a dozen suicides that have occurred in this area. Um, some which are unexplained and some which have been seen by witnesses. And the real crazy part is even Freetown law enforcement has come out and said, like, but off the record, of course, that they believe that there's dead bodies at the bottom of that quarry, like in that water. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> so I, I would not be surprised either. And like another really weird thing about it is they're not even sure how deep it is. And they've tried on multiple occasions to like divers have tried on multiple occasions to like go down to figure it out. And there's been like temperature related issues and they'd had to like go up. That's really weird. There is something down there that does not want to be bothered. The Loch Ness Monster. I don't necessarily Nessie. believe that. Nessie's <laughs> not in Scotland. She's in the Freetown Forest in Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's um, it's like an underwater Shrek. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> that's way worse. Shrek with fins and a tail. No. Oh, I hate it. What a cursed image. I know. So it's as though sadness lives inside this rock, like this ledge, and just like resonates out to people who are surrounding it. Because people report coming up to the ledge, like feeling absolutely fine. And then all of a sudden, they just feel the need to like jump off the ledge. That's crazy. They also describe it as like kind of like a palpable despair, depression. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, sometimes I'm, like, driving and I'm, like, what if I just, you know, that <laughs> yeah, TikTok, yeah, have no, you seen yeah. that? And, like, if you're on a high surface, you're kind of just, like, what if I just, whoop. But you're not serious about it. You're just kind of, like, like, a desire to do it. It's, like, a thought, no. like, maybe if this happened. Yeah, like, holy shit, that'd be crazy. But, yeah, the despair and the darkness is there. It's, like, pushing you to do so. Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, I No, I really don't. So multiple people have been stopped before jumping, thank God, because that's really mm-hmm. terrifying. Like I said, it's like an 80 to 90 foot jump. That is far. Yeah. All right. So here are related deaths to the ledge, which are awful. In 2001, when attempting to climb down the face of the ledge, Edward Cabral, who was 24 years old at the time, fell to his death. He slipped and fell onto rocks and into the water below, and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Yikes. I mean, not surprising per se, but yikes. In 2007, Paulo S. Oliveira, who's a Fall River resident, who was 32 years old at the time, and he fell off the ledge and died. He was there with his girlfriend, his cousin, and then the cousin's girlfriend. And okay. ap- apparently they were just chilling around a campfire that was 20 feet from the ledge. So this is when you're like, ah, that was not a great idea in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was he went over to the ledge to empty out the gasoline. Which, like, why would you do that first no, of all? Well, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's questionable. Mm-hmm. And police believe that when he was backing up, he must have, like, stepped over the edge or something. Apparently, it's, like, very slippery and uneven up there. Like, obviously. There's rocks. Yeah. That's sad, though. Police believe it was just, like, a miscalculation. And also, 
My question is, was there alcohol involved? And I was just going to say. Like, police determined that, like, there was drinking, but they couldn't determine if anyone was intoxicated. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they actually, like, looked at its blood alcohol. Like, there's not enough for that. It's a pretty clear-cut accident, regardless of whether he was drinking or not, in my opinion, so. Yeah. And then on Sunday, June 15th, in 2020, a 19-year-old Wareham resident was med-flighted to Rhode Island Hospital after jumping off the ledge. Apparently, he was there swimming with friends, and after jumping, his friends noticed that he was unresponsive once he resurfaced, and they were unsure if he hit his head. So one of the friends determined that he was not breathing and initiated CPR, which, like, you go, best friend. Like, Mm -hmm. at least somebody was there to do that. I don't know, like, really what else happened, which is awful. But it's just, like, he did make it, I think. Like, he was med-flighted, but I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Another thing, too, is, like, swimming. People are swimming in this area. The thing is, I don't know because, like, obviously – it's close to us, but it's not, like, where we grew up. It's not like we're going to go there because it's hot and we want to go swimming. No. Also, like, if cops say that there are dead bodies, they're, like, woohoo! Like, I'm just going to go swimming and, like, oh, a leg. Like, what the heck? No! Like, that's what I think of! <laughs> I don't know if they're just popping up, like, every now and then, like, oh, a leg and arm. <laughs> Well, Camp Kwani, the ribcage just appeared. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Blech. Yeah, I know. Throw back to our first episode. Yeah, throw back to episode one. Go check it out. <laughs> also, like, there's probably a lot. I know there's cars down there. Like, there's definitely, like, a lot of things that you could hit as well. You know what I mean? It's just not mm-hmm. a why. Yeah. And then also, I'm assuming it's a local like hangout spot and like people party there because like I said it's like it's it is a nice area and like teenagers mm-hmm. are known to hang out there um actually like the rock like the ledge itself is now like covered in graffiti oh that's sad yeah and again like people are stupid and they like mm-hmm. believe they're invincible no matter what and then you just like add too many things together and like something horrible happens yeah And I also believe that, like, this may piss off, like, some spirits. Because, like, I don't know. Like, this rock... No, no, no. Just get ready. Okay. It's disrespectful. Like, especially, like, you're just, like, partying around this area. Like, people did lose their lives there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would be mad if somebody was just, like, spray painting my rock. Like, that's my rock. Like, why? Why would you do that? It's my rock. Okay, update to the plan. I'm going to etch something weird on a rock and then Rachel's going to spray paint it so I can get mad at her. Yes, and you can haunt her forever. Excellent. I was already planning on doing that. All right, let's get into some of the sightings. All right? (laughs) So multiple people have reported seeing people, figures, like jumping off the ledge. But the thing is, either they disappear before they hit the water or they do like hit the water and there's no like visible visible splash or sound that's weird yes do they this is gonna sound really stupid but are they like diving in in a way that doesn't disturb the water or should they be splashing um i was thinking that but but then i feel like there would still be noise so there is 
a lot it it is a theme throughout here okay. is that like kind of the things that the, you people see don't always make noise even though they should be making noise okay so i'm gonna presume that they're not diving making a clean entrance into the water no but it's also like a, a ghost figure that literally just like most of the time Cannibals. I, yeah most of the time i think they jump off and i do think they mostly just disappear before that's like the most common have you guys heard about, like, the lady on the ledge? Like, she's basically a local celebrity. Ghost celebrity no. edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the backstory of her. Um, so she's a scorned lover Ooh. who can be seen in the shadows near the edge of the ledge and has also been seen jumping off and plummeting into the water. Her story is honestly really sad. <laughs> kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but... So she was supposed to meet the love of her life, her lover, at that ledge. But his family was like, "Uh uh-uh, like, I don't want you to be with her, and made him stay home. So then she was so heartbroken, and she felt abandoned, and she did not want to live one more day if it was going to be without him. And she jumped off the ledge and died. That's pretty sad. I know. (laughs) So she was scorned? Yeah, because she was just like, she felt abandoned. By the fam. Yeah. Stupid families. The fuck are they doing? I know. Just let (laughs) them be. (laughs) Just let them be. It doesn't matter. She should have haunted them. Maybe she does. Maybe. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, (laughs) as they say. Kate would have appreciated that, but... No, where did she go? Oh, where she, is. she just like <laughs> left, back. like nothing. Like you have to tell us when Thanks. you're leaving in a podcast, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to fill up my water. No, just peace. It, she pieces out very quickly from things. Have you noticed? Oh yeah. Like every time we end, every time we end this, she's just like bye, and she doesn't. Like sometimes she doesn't even say bye. I feel like it's just like oh oh. You're gone, <laughs> and it's just me and you being like, "What the fuck?" No, literally, because we recorded yesterday, and we didn't yeah. even we weren't finished saying goodbye. Like we weren't, and no. she just like clicks off, and me and Christine are like, "What the fuck?" Like, oh, what just happened? So the best part is Kate has no idea what we're talking about, and she's gonna listen to the episode <laughs> and be like, "This happened." Yeah, I don't know what I missed, but I'm very excited to hear about it when the episode comes out. <laughs> I had to go bring some packages inside. Sorry about that. It's okay. It was about you, Kate. Oh, good. I love when people talk about me behind my back. You also <laughs> miss, like, the whole scorned lover. <laughs> okay. So people have also reported seeing, like, Native Americans. There were, like, translucent images of Native Americans, even, like, Wampanoags, like, jumping off the ledge. Um, again, energy's trapped here, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. At least two people have reported seeing figures climbing down the face of the rock. But after people call at them, like, they just disappear. So that was the Freetown Forest. Okay. That was interesting. Yeah. Like I said, there is, like, way more stories. But I'm just one person. Can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot. All right. Now, let's move on to Taunton State Hospital. The thing about Taunton State Hospital is a lot of bad shit went down there. It's horrible. Some of the stuff that happened there is absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about Taunton. In terms of square mileage, Taunton is the largest city in Massachusetts. Apparently. So, like, take that, Boston. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to dive into the history of um, the Taunton State Hospital. The worst thing is it, like, used to be called an insane asylum, Ooh. which is awful terminology, but that's what it was once called. So, the hospital first opened in 1854 with the goal to alleviate some of the strain being felt by the state hospital located in Worcester. The architect Eldridge Boyden based his revolutionary Ooh. ideas on inspiration that came from Dr. Thomas Kirkbride, which have either of you heard about him? No. Okay. So apparently a lot of places that are inspired by this Dr. Kirkbride are now known to be haunted. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the book said Kirkbride's legacy, quote, creating building that traps spirits and attracts paranormal, paranormal adventure seekers. Hmm. Unquote, yeah. His flagship is Danvers Hospital, which I know Christine wanted to talk about. So that was, I was like, oh, maybe like you knew that. Yeah, I didn't really look that much into it, but I definitely, it's something I want to cover. And also maybe, I don't know, maybe we can have a spooky time in July or something like that and do like Salem Witch Trials because I really want to do the Salem Witch Trials. That'll be fun. We can just mm -hmm. do it. I don't mind that. True. So the the facility, like the building was created in this area because it could give patients the ability to live and experience the world in an open setting with fresh air, mm -hmm. which was honestly completely unheard of because before this, they were basically just throwing them in cells and locking the key, which is obviously right. not effective. So the whole area that they purchased, 132.5 acres with multiple bodies of water. And like, okay. that sounds really nice, but... Are there any bodies in the water? <laughs> there could be. Good play on words, Christine. <laughs> so the large amount of land allowed patients to participate in occupational therapies, which uh, <clears throat> didn't like that terminology very yeah. much. <laughs> well, the thing is, like... <sighs> what do they mean by that? Okay, so uh, what they mean is they basically would, like, they would work the land and, like, grow crops. But the thing is, like, was this, like, actually supposed to be therapeutic or was this free slave labor? I was going to say, is that, like, um... Yeah, I know. Trust me, I understand. Prison slavery rebranded or meant to be therapeutic? I'm, I'm, I have questions. And I know you probably do, too, being... Oh, I twitched. Like, I literally freaked out. Therapist. I was like, this is... Yeah, no. I mean, gardening, I know for a lot of people, is very therapeutic and something they like to do, but I feel like it should have been an option. Yes. You mm -hmm. know? Like, it should have been a check this if you want to do this, or if you're more into this thing or this thing, but I I have a feeling it was uh, not an option. Yeah, like, it, it's completely different between, like, spending an afternoon, like, picking blueberries, or, like, you're out in the fields turning over the potato crops for 50 hours a week, like, no, for sure. At what point does that cross the line? Yeah, so... Mm. But the thing is, like, this was, like, revo like, revolutionary at the time. Like, this was a big deal. 
Like, I know it still wasn't optimal, but it was better than what was happening. Yeah. Like, at least these people were able to socialize with one another and actually go outside. That's true. So, originally the hospital consisted of 15 buildings, but only a few of them are still in use today. Um, Like I said earlier, like, some horrible things happened here. Because the way that we approached mental health was absolutely horrifying, terrifying. It's still not great. Mm -hmm. But the facility was very open to various types of experimentation when it came to treating those with mental illnesses. Yeah. In in the 1870s, doctors would submerge their patients in water tanks and then expose them to the extreme cold. And the goal of this was to jolt them out of their ailments. Mm-hmm. Like waterboarding, but make it therapy? No, absolutely no. not. That's just, like, horrible. And then in the early, no, sorry, in the first half of the 20th century, frontal lobotomies became very popular. Yeah. Yeah, they were. And then in the second half of the 20th century, electric shock therapy became very popular. Yeah. Yeah. So, no matter what, like, people were tortured here. Mm -hmm. That has a stain on the, like, it it leaves some kind of mark, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, most of the buildings closed in 1978. Various reasons, some of which included construction flaws. And, of course, there was rumors of abuse and neglect. Following this, the facility housed several administrative departments for years and also used that space as a secure lockup and mental health facility, which was utilized by Massachusetts Department of Youth Services, Department of Social Services, and the Department of Mental Health. Convicted juvenile offenders were housed here with either some kind of mental health issue and a history of violent behavior. While this wasn't as bad as it had been in the hospital's history, it still made staff, like, very, very uncomfortable. In 2004, this crazy-ass report was released where 97% of the hospital staff said that the conditions were dangerous and therefore a risk to the safety of not only patients, but the staff members. And a lot of the staff members were considering to leave. 97? 97! Oh my god. Yeah. That's no small amount, obviously. That's pretty damning. Yeah. So, and then 2006, one of the main buildings was destroyed by a fire, and then in 2009, they demolished it. Okay. Like, at one point in time, when it was first built, it was gorgeous. Like, it had a Mm -hmm. beautiful gothic design, but, like, as time has went on, it's just gotten more creepier, the more decrepit it's got. So, Sarah, who was a longtime resident of Taunton, said, quote, this place is beautiful, or it was... It looks like it feels now. Growing up down the street, we would love to walk around there. But there were places that just felt wrong. We would walk in and look at each other and want to leave. This place is evil. Unquote. Yikes. Yeah, and like some other residents report hearing screams coming from the building, even after it was closed. Oh. Yeah, so like a lot of people just kind of view this as a permanent negative mark on the town of Taunton. It is said that spirits, like, will walk outside of the building. There's obviously some inside, but I'm going to start with outside. Mm -hmm. This makes me really uncomfortable just because of 
the verbiage that was used here. <laughs> no, like the diction. I don't know. It's just like. So this misty, dark cloud guy, whatever. I don't. He's seen as like an elderly man who's crouching and stroking the grass. Like what? Who strokes grass? Yeah, I don't like that. In con- in context, I I disagree. I I dislike that heavily. <laughs> I know. That's why I don't like it. It's just weird. Usually, people say that he's wearing like simple clothing, which usually consists of jeans and a dark shirt, indicating that he may have been a former employee instead of a patient. And when you approach him, he just smiles and then disappears. Hmm. But at least he seems friendly because a lot of them are not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A former juvenile who was arrested on drug charges reports having a life-changing experience in the cemetery, like while staying at Ton Hospital. So somehow he was able to escape from the building, which I, that's a whole nother thing in itself, but whatever. And he was like, hey, yeah, I'm going to go hide in the cemetery and I'm going to spend the night there. Which, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. So while crouching next to a tombstone, out of nowhere, he felt like a hand on top of his shoulder. And immediately he was like, oh crap. And he raised his arms like he's been caught. But when he turned around, there was nobody there. And then he heard a faint whisper that said, leave. (laughs) And that is what he did. He marched his ass back (laughs) into the prison, turned himself in. I commend him. Honestly, for once, a story of a reasonable person. And that's why he's still alive today is because when it said leave, he was like, yep, all right, bye. But the thing is, like, he was there on drug charges. So, like, people do, like, was he on drugs? Like, yeah, of course. That was, that was my thought. Um, Mainly because I'm watching Breaking Bad right now. And there was a scene that I watched literally yesterday about Jesse Pinkman thinking that people who were, like, coming up to the door and, you know, people who were like, oh, Lord and Jesus, Savior Christ, he thought that they were people out to get him, and he was, like, running away, and he thought they had knives and everything, but they didn't. So I was just like, mm. I mean, he was on crack, so maybe it was similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Also, like, some people chalk it up to be adrenaline, like, from running away. Like, it's so many. It could be so many things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that. I, you can probably pick apart most of these stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with most ghost stories, you usually can. But that doesn't still make them any less fun to uh, think of as real. So one woman who works there reported seeing the smoking man. I don't know what that entails. This is what she called him. In the basement twice. And after the second time, she just straight up quit. I <laughs> Don't blame her. <laughs> Once again. That's why she's alive today. Yeah, right? And then this is one, this one's crazy. So here's a quote from another staff member. Quote, I heard and saw everything. I could smell smoke. I heard drums playing and weird chanting like devil worshippers. I don't even want to think about it, but I have nightmares. I only tell them what happened because it might make them go away. Unquote. Huh. Yeah. Like I said, this is all over the place. Like, it's crazy. This next one makes sense to me, at least personally. Screams can be heard from the areas where they used to administrate the electroshock therapy and then where the cold therapy that I talked about earlier was conducted. So it kind of makes sense. 
residents have reported that their lights have just like turned on and off in the middle of the night, just randomly on their own. And then rooms in the abandoned or burnt down sections of the hospital have been described as illuminating light, but the lights no longer work in those buildings. And then some people have reported seeing small children and disheveled adults peering down at you. But the thing is, this section is cut off to the public. So people argue that, like, it had to be, like, an app, had to be paranormal because people couldn't get in there. But I don't believe that because people could do whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. Many have reported a shadowy type man that just pops out of nowhere. And sometimes he's not even really his shadow. He kind of just doesn't have a specific form. Instead, he just like crawls across the wall, which... No, I don't like that at all. Nope. I don't like it. Other times he's been described as being more solid and stretched out, which still, why? And the three things that stay constant in the reports is that he's a man who just appears like in the corner of the room. And he just, like, stares at you, and he his face has never been seen. So how do you know he's staring at you? <laughs> Got him. Is he faceless? I think maybe he's faceless. And how do you know he's staring at you if he doesn't have a face? His body could still be geared toward you. That's Weird. not staring at you, though. You need eyes to stare. And if you don't have a face, you presumably don't have eyes. That's okay, but the thing is, Kate, come on. Rachel, check in, mate, okay? No, like- no check in, mate. <laughs> Maybe some things don't have eyes. I don't freaking know. Well, I hate that even more somehow. <laughs> come on. So like I said earlier, in March 2006, the main building experienced one of the largest fires in Massachusetts history. Wow, really? Um, this is yeah. It's actually one of the many fires that happened. <laughs> the poor hospital, honestly. This is crazy. I had to in- include this because like nobody got hurt, which that's amazing. And in order to get this fire extinguished, they had to recruit over a hundred firefighters from eighteen different departments. That's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah. So obviously, like after that, the building was beyond repair. And then, like I said, later on, they decide just to demolish the rest of it. The thing is, that's where a lot of the paranormal sightings came from. Um, I don't really know about a lot of recent things, because, like I said, I mostly just took from my book. Mm -hmm. So, last stop at Taunton State Hospital. (laughs) I just want to quickly cover a couple of famous patients that were once admitted to the hospital. Okay. Yes. So the first one is Jolly Jane Tompman. Many theorize that she killed over 100 people. However, she only confessed to 30, and only 12 of those were confirmed. I gotta say from the name, that's not what I was expecting. No, no. She was like a mass murderer. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love an ironic name for a serial killer. I kind of want to- I've definitely heard that name before. I kind of want to do that eventually now. But yeah, Mm. the second one might ring a bell. Lizzie Borden stayed there after she was arrested for the murder of her parents. Oh. I know. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a rumor that one doctor who examined her during her stay at the hospital determined that she was insane. 
but there's no physical evidence in that and it was not used in court. Yeah. That's interesting. All right. So now I'm going to move on to just like weird shit that has been seen in the triangle. Okay. I'm going to start with Pukwajis. Yes. So Pukwajis are well known in southern eastern Massachusetts. They have been spotted in various locations across the triangle. They're about two to three feet tall. They're often described as troll-like. And they have long noses that sometimes resemble a canine nose. And then they have hair that covers their whole body. Which, you know, sounds like a nightmare to shave. (laughs) Guessing they probably don't. Use like six razors every time you shave, like six individual disposable razors, because you can't, like, one's not going to cut it. If they're similar to trolls, aren't trolls very proud of their hair? I don't know. I don't know. Are they? I don't know. Well, trolls aren't real. So. <laughs> yeah, but in legend, has it they're proud of their hair? But I feel like hair on your head versus your whole body. I I thought trolls were like full body hairy. I maybe I'm thinking of like the troll dolls. Yeah, Christina, are you looking this up, please? <laughs> are trolls hairy? Yeah, well, whenever I look up trolls, the movie just comes up. That's true. Those trolls are hairy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, they're hairy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they're so... very hairy. Glad we were able to conclude that they are hairy. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I think they're like. Well, Pukwajis are legit covered in Like, they're just hair. Like, all of them. All right. So, these creatures are magicians and can shapeshift into a lot of different animals, some of which include dogs, birds, and insects, which why you would go into an insect, don't know. Well, I don't know, but maybe if you want to be like Ant-Man and be small and compact. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so how do we know that all of the creatures that people see are not just pugwudgies. Yeah, what if the really big dogs are just pugwudgies? Same thing with, like, the giant birds. No, it could be. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Who's to know, man? Good theory, Christine. But at least, like, they're normally described, like, I don't know. They usually have, like, a, a handheld weapon. And usually that's an arrow or <laughs> sticks. <laughs> like, like a gun. No, sticks. Who <laughs> <laughs> you said handheld weapon? I was like, yeah, like a like a pistol. <laughs> well, also they like they're fucking magical, so they also have poison dust. Poison dust, like that's the opposite of fairy dust. Fairy dust, but make it poison. Poison. <laughs> that's cool. What can it kill you? Um, or does it just make you like? I don't know. I um, like. Does it make you go crazy? Wow. It's like there's something so comical, and I feel like historically mythological, like trolls and similar creatures. So, like, I would absolutely lump Pukwudgies in with like the mythological troll are like played up as a comedy angle most of the time, like in film. Like, even when they're meant to be scary, they're still like funny looking and hairy and whatever. So, the idea of like poison dust, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> And it's just like, well, you, your face is just covered in glitter and then you just die. Like, that's hysterical. Like, do they carry it with them or do they eject it? A little satchel? 
Because if, if it's in a little satchel, that's even funnier because then there's like a fine. <laughs> like, well, I guess they're magical, so they could probably just make their dust appear and disappear as they wish. So. Out of the fingers. It's like, it's like, um, Spider-Man, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we got so many Marvel references today. Jeez. That's the second yeah. one. Ant-Man. Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Well, and also I can just lump in here Sandman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the obvious one. We're talking about. Logical. We're talking about Mr. Sandman. Let's just throw mm-hmm. Sandman right in there. Love that for us. So the last weapon that they utilize. So apparently they use like the souls of people that they've killed to then gather more souls. So like this is how I feel. I honestly, once I get to like the bread, you'll understand this is how I feel. (laughs) Once I get to the strawberry bread. I'm almost, don't worry, I'm almost there, you'll understand the strawberry bread. You'll understand, just wait. Is this our most unhinged episode? I, honestly, yes, because all these are unhinged. I kind of like it. I don't know what's happening. Um, like, I don't want to edit this. <laughs> like, No, I swear to God. Okay, so, like, these are, like, legends and stuff, so obviously it's just, like, so I'm going to dig into the history of Pukwajis. But the thing is, I found different things in different sources because, like, cultures, like, really do believe in them. Right, they're Native American. Like, do you know what I mean? It's folklore. It's it's Native American folklore. Yeah. Word of mouth. Like, it changes. Yep. All right. So I'm just going to go to this version because I liked it. A giant named Moshop, which I like that name mm-hmm. for some reason, was in charge of looking after the Pukwajis. Because Pukwajis are known for getting into trouble, they love to be mischievous. So it was Ma Shop's job to keep them in line. And when they got out of hand, Ma Shop's wife, Quan, would literally nag at him until he took care of it. Which I found that so funny. <laughs> so then Ma Shop would round all of them up as many as he could, and he would shake them just a little bit, like, enough to disorient them, and then he would toss them into the corners of the known world, which, like, I don't really know what the known world entails. So one day, Moshop was lured away to the ocean by mysterious women, which, like, sirens, question mm-hmm. mark? And before he left, he put his five sons in charge of, like, looking after the Pukwajis so they didn't, like, step out get out of hand and when he came back they had not kept them in line he noticed a shift in the pukwajis like they were no longer just like annoying and mischievous but they turned evil and even were going as far as killing the wampanoags kidnapping their children and setting their villages ablaze yikes so more like um less like garden gnomes and more like um (laughs) Why am I thinking Furbies? Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins. Okay. Moving <laughs> on. Yeah, so apparently his sons had inherited Moshop's laziness. Thing is, so obviously, like, Moshop was pissed. But he wasn't quite pissed enough to take action, apparently. He decided to take action after he found out that the Pukwajis stole his strawberry bread. He didn't mind that they were literally killing 
people of their community and kidnapping their children. But he was like, oh shit, you touch my strawberry bread, I'm done. That's like the quote from Community where it's Britta. And she's like, I draw the line. I, I can excuse whatever it is, but I draw the line at animal abuse. I can excuse ravaging the entire village and all of its inhabitants, but I draw the line at stealing my strawberry bread. That's, that's like, honestly, first of all, kind of relatable. That he's not mad and cold affects himself personally, <laughs> but also, too, kind of hysterical. That this is written into, like, Pakwaji lore. That this guy was like, they took my freaking strawberry bread? Like... No, I know. That's the thing. That's why that was so funny because that's how I'm reading it. I'm just like, what the heck? Did he make the strawberry bread himself? I think he did. Like he muddled those strawberries on his own and everything. That's some real yeah, serious stuff. That sucks. Apparently, no, don't mess with a giant and a strawberry. Making your bread. own bread and someone else taking it. I've never experienced it, but I imagine it's terrible. Who the fuck does that? Pugwudgies, apparently. Ugh, those bastards. Okay, so Moshop and his sons went after the little monsters, but they outsmarted them because Pukwudgies are actually relatively smart. But then again, it doesn't sound that hard to outsmart these giants. So the Pukwudgies then murdered all of his sons, and it's kind of unclear what ended up happening to Moshop. Like, some people say that he, like, left Massachusetts because he just, like, couldn't handle the grief of losing Mm -hmm. his sons, and then... Other people say that the Pukwudgies killed him. So, in the children's book, Good Giants and the Bad Pukwudgies, Jean Fritz preserves ancient legends of the Pukwudgies. However, I don't really understand how this is a children's book in general, because she literally just tells about their adventures of them in the forest, which, like, consists of attacking people and arson. Like, they just start random fires. Yeah, well, some children's books are not... Very nice, like, you know, putting children in an oven. That's not wonderful. And the original Cinderella. (laughs) There was, like, a line in a book I read for a children's literature class about, like, and his parents, it's about, like, a pig. Like, an anthropomorphic pig, and the line is, like, and then his parents became ham. And I was, like, oh! (laughs) Okay, yeah, so children's lit, not always, like, uh, not always kid-friendly, ironically. But that is interesting that someone read about Pukwudgies given their pretty consistently bad reputation. Alright, so here are some stories about various people's encounters with Pukwudgies. I'm sure there's like a shit ton, but again, um, that could be a full-time job. So one day, when a woman was minding her own business, just walking in the woods with her dog, she saw something that resembled a Pukwudgie. Her dog, normally high-strung and aggressive, was instead cowering behind her and, like, running mm-hmm. away. And I believe if the dog freaks out, you listen. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> she says she can't really describe or classify what she saw. But later on, when she was home, she saw the same thing again, staring at her through her window. And apparently it grinned at her and was like, I know where you live. Oh, I hate that. <sighs> nope, don't like that at all. And then another young man ha- had a similar experience to this one. He saw, like, balls of light and he felt the need to follow them. And it led him into an overgrown part of the woods. 
where he saw a little troll that had long, thick hair. But he made the right choice and was like, I got I got to go, got a bolt. Mm-hmm. Smart that he didn't sit around and find out because no thank you. But the thing is, when he was running away, he got lost. But he eventually was able to find his way back to the trail. So apparently he went back a few nights later. Again, I don't really know why. He parked his car by the forest and out of the out of his side mirror, he saw the same exact troll smiling at him. Mm, no. No thanks. Don't go back. Yeah, why would you go back? No. Nope. Never again. See you later. That's like when you move to another state. I know. At least I, well, I don't know if I'd ever move to another state, but I would not go back. At least I wouldn't. Like, yeah, let's let's go back onto the forest where I saw a weird troll one time and it took me into the part of the woods that like engulfed me like into the nothingness. <laughs> not really thinking we should go back there next Friday night. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's some people's definition of a wild Friday night. Grab some brewskis, hang out with the trolls. There have been sightings of so many different things from like big canines to big felines to alligators to giant birds. And, you know, of course, Bigfoot. Yes. Where would we be without him? Yes. So I'm just going to give you like a little snippet on each, like just a little tiny bit. So I'm going to start with big canines and like big felines. So in 1998, there were multiple reports of sightings of a puma, which is like, what, what? Pumas don't. Yeah, that's um unlikely here. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I feel like yeah. people might just be really dumb as well. That's true. Like, oh, I saw a puma, and it was, like, a fisher cat. Fisher cats, do you know what a fisher cat looks like? Yeah, they're very long, and they're small. They're not, like, massive. Yeah, but they're not, they're nowhere near. A puma's near big! Puma. Exactly, that's why I'm saying people are dumbasses. That's my whole point. <laughs> well, so a couple nights ago, I heard a coyote in the yard. It was, like, in the front yard of my house during the night. It woke me up, it was so loud, and it was going, ooh, ooh, and the next morning I was like, Dad. Did you hear the coyote? And he's like, did you also hear it barking? It was just someone's dog. <laughs> but my selective hearing filtered out the barking. So I was like, oh, a coyote. And it was just a dog. So I guess my point being, people will believe whatever they want to make themselves believe. So a fisher cat could be a puma if you really put your mind to it. Especially if you're alone and it's dark at night. Things seem bigger than they are. Absolutely true. Um, there's been a plethora of alleged sightings of big dogs, like we talked about. Those have been seen, like, by the Raynham Dog Park, which I know Christine's going to touch on. And then there was an alligator sighting in Abington. What? In 2005. Yes. Which, again, this is why I believe that, like, somebody took it in as a pet and then it got too big and was like, oh, I'm just going to release it into the wild of Abington. <laughs> the wild of Abington might be like the funniest phrase I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> and then Bigfoot. I don't know. Like I didn't really dive too much into Bigfoot because it overwhelmed me, to be honest. But apparently he's frequently seen around Elm Street and Bridgewater. Hmm. Many people believe that he lives in that area. So remind me never to go there. He's got a two bed, one bath. Nice little raised ranch. Big backyard. So in the 1970s, there was a police cruiser parked close to the swamp. And suddenly they just felt the back end of their car like lift up and then drop 
and obviously like made a large bang. And the officers spun around and quickly shined their spotlight on something that looked like a hairy bear that ran away on like two legs. So a bear. There um, are bears in Massachusetts. And bears can do weird shit. Yeah, I don't know what cars. I don't know. And then like another woman said that she like heard a weird noise one night in her backyard and she got over she got up and she looked like out her window and he was like eating her pumpkins. Okay. Yeah. Did he add pumpkin spice to them or did he just like nosh on them plain? Oh, he just like went That's in. That's just super boring. He was eating it and then he like made eye contact with her and then like grunted and then like ran away to into the woods with his pumpkin. Hmm. So two hikers by the names of Paul Hollow and Christine Vaughn say they saw Bigfoot about 100 yards away from Hockamop Swamp. And Paul said, quote, if it wasn't a Bigfoot, it was the biggest monkey I've ever seen. And as far as I know, there aren't any monkeys in New England. <laughs> I mean, he's he's like not wrong. But it also goes back to like the rich people who buy exotic pets and then give up on taking care of them. That would be why there would be a monkey. So there's also been like a bunch of UFO sightings, just weird lights lighting up the whole sky and then disappearing. Yeah, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen, like, a UFO? Like, my brother, my stepbrother swears that he saw a UFO over the bog across from our house. Christine did. I think I just have massive drones flying over my house a lot of the time. But at night, which is illegal. I know, but there are definitely drones because no one would believe me at all. And then Dan, literally, when he was driving back one day, like, it was right over his car, so he called me after he had just been like no it wasn't a ufo christine or like it wasn't a it wasn't a drone and then he was like um yeah there's drones and then my dad same thing he was like oh it's a star and then he actually saw it and was like oh no that's you're right um they're probably just doing testing somewhere and i was like mm-hmm. my brother thinks it's so that they can get data from our phones because apparently that's very popular and they do it at night so yeah <laughs> um okay so i, do, I just want to throw this out there that i live like would you say like a mile down the road from Christine? Less than a mile down the road from yeah, Christine? Like I've never seen a drone. Because you don't look, Kate. Because you don't look. Like you just sit around and look at the sky. <laughs> I did not until I saw this one and now I notice it all the time. But it took me Likely see, like it story. It took me staring at it for a while to be like, oh wait, that's not a star. Because initially I thought it was a star, and then I was like, wait a second, that is not a star. That is not a plane. If there was a weird drone or UFO to be seen in my yard, I would have seen it because one time a light turned on outside my house that I hadn't seen before. And I like ran down the hall, panicked to my mom and was like, mom, there's like a weird light outside pointing in the house. And my dad was like, you fool. We've had that light for 25 years. It just, like, must have gotten turned in the wind or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was, like, adamant. I was, like, this is creepy. This is someone looking at our house. My dad was, like, "Uh, yeah, no. It's uh, literally just a light attached to our home that's been there as long as you've been alive. So I guess my point is I'm always looking for the creepy stuff, which is why it's weird that you've seen it, but I haven't. It's usually between 1 and 2 a.m. Oh, then I'm usually asleep. Exactly. I love my sleep. Don't don't hate because you ain't me. Oh, shut up. 
It's true. Don't. Don't, don't hate me because you ain't me. Like, what are we in the early 2000s? Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to go into the ghosts. All right. Woo. Spooky. Woo. Honestly, I don't understand how Christine deals yeah, me with me us. Too. Wait, what's that? Emergency? Yeah. That's how you deal with that? I thought it was drugs. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what kind of drug is that? That would be hilarious. No, I just, a lot of people are getting sick at my work. Unfortunately, tis the season. All right. So have you guys ever heard of the red-headed hitchhiker? Yes. Mm, not really. I have heard, but that's about it. So normally, the story goes, you'll be driving down Route 44, and all of a sudden, you'll see a red-haired man on the side of the road, or sometimes, he'll just pop up in your back seat. Nope, I hate that. Like, surprise! No, 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 no. I've only ever heard of him appearing on the side of the road. You have ruined <laughs> driving in cars for me. Some people have reported that he appears in the passenger okay. seat. That's a whole new level! I wouldn't know Route 44 if I tripped over it, because I don't know anything about route numbers and what they mean. But I'll tell you this. I'll never go there again. I'll never drive it. I'll just never, ever, ever be seen in that area because I don't like that. Uh-uh. Big no for me. <laughs> He's normally seen near the Seekonk Rehoboth line. So it's not really... It's not a well-traveled area for me. All right. So, red-headed hitchhiker. Yes. He's usually described as well-built, somewhere between the ages of 45 and 55. He obviously has red hair, usually has a beard. He's normally dressed in a red flannel shirt with either jeans or brown work pants and work boots. Sometimes he appears well ke- well kept, and then other times he appears disheveled mm. with an overgrown beard, dirty pants, and an untucked shirt. How dare he? So some people say that he looks solid, but other people describe him as translucent, which I don't really know which is worse. Both. <laughs> The biggest discrepancy in his physical appearance is his eyes. Some say they look completely normal, but, like, there's just something that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Some say that his eyes are black and, like, empty. And others say that they're glowing and lifeless. But, like, the common denominator here is that, like, they all look empty in some kind Mm -hmm. of way. Eyes are freaky anyway. Yeah. And his eyes, the color of them, very legit to every color from yellow to red to green and i'm like maybe he just has color changing contacts because he's just like well i had red eyes yesterday and now i'm gonna have green eyes that is as good a theory as any i know right (laughs) so here's how the typical story goes so you're just driving down alone on route 44 and you see a guy on the side of the road. You stop to pick up the hitchhiker. No, absolutely not. I do not. (laughs) I would never, no. So the hitchhiker gets in the car, whether that be the passenger seat or the back seat. Okay. And he's silent. He doesn't answer any questions. Usually he'll just, like, stare at the person who picks him up. No. And then he'll just poof, vanish, like, right in front of you. All right. Or the driver will turn around and he'll just be gone. And usually this is followed by some kind of audio response from the hitchhiker, which ranges from laughing to yelling to taunting. But the thing is, like, imagine just, like, disappearing and just, like, here, 
like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, that would be a really <laughs> classic example of a time when I would shit my pants. So, some tales vary from this one, just a little bit, but still about the red-headed man. Apparently, he's been seen just, like, chilling in the middle of the road, and there's not enough time for the driver to avoid him. So, when the car makes impact, the driver feels no force and doesn't hear hmm. anything. And, like, hitting someone has to make a lot of noise. Yeah. And then when they get out and look around, there's no evidence, like, that they hit anything. Like, no blood, no impact to their car, nothing. I hate that so much. Other people have reported seeing the redheaded man just chilling on the side of the road, waving, like, so ominously, and then he just vanishes into the woods. Yeah, no, that is that is not a vibe. Honestly, the scariest thing to me is that, like, he'll just pop up in your car. Just, like, unannounced, no permission. At least, like, when you're picking up a hitchhiker, you're giving Which, them permission to get in your don't car. Don't pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> like, I... I, feel I like know, it's not but... belabor this point enough. Do not do that. You know that no good ever comes of that, so don't do it. But it's rude. It is rude to show up unannounced. <laughs> That's true. If he'd at least ordered an Uber on his phone before showing up, you could have had like water in the back seat for him. Alas. Alright, so now on to the mad trucker of Copacut Road. So these kind of freak me out a little more because they have their own mode of transportation. <laughs> Which is just like a whole new the level. The only thing worse than a ghost is a ghost with a car. <laughs> or in this case, a truck. That's just bad. <laughs> it's like a Ford F-150. It's like, oh man, it's that guy. Okay, so this is going to be so weird, but I feel like I have to share this. Like when I was little and I used to like sit in the back seat, I always used to like, you know how you like, look at the window, like, watch the cars pass, and, like, whatever. For some reason, I thought one day I was gonna see somebody that didn't have a head, so I would always look out for somebody who was headless, and I know that is so weird, I understand, but I was a child. in part due to the tale of the headless horseman? I don't know. (laughs) I was gonna say, I feel like that's where it would come from. What's interesting about that is that even if you did somehow actually see someone without a head on the side of the road, no one's ever going to believe you because you're a child. No, I know. Mm-hmm. This sucks. So weird. So the origins of this legend are like really unknown, but this is how like it typically goes. He's driving a pickup truck and he pulls up like directly behind you, like rides your ass in the middle of the night, of course. Typical Massachusetts driver, period. And he'll honk his horn at you. And apparently he'll go even as far as sticking his head out of his window and yelling at you. And then he just disappears. Okay, so definitely a mass hole. Yeah, literally just a mass hole. (laughs) Yeah, nothing about that is even remotely (laughs) No difference. (laughs) Unexpected, based on Massachusetts lore. And there's been more tales of kind of like what I explained with the redhead man of some person being in the street like so and this has happened in multiple places in Freetown there'll be someone in the street and it's too late to avoid them and then you hit them but there's no impact like no evidence of that Mm -hmm. but one account that I read was really terrifying because she said that as she like went through like as like hitting him basically she said that she could like feel like the air get colder 
Yeah. I'm just like, ooh, okay. Several other people have reported seeing somebody on Bell Road, but the description of this individual really varies from account to account. However, he always has short hair, but what he's wearing changes. Sometimes he's dressed all snazzy Ooh. in a tuxedo or formal wear. But I saw that one person said that they saw him just lying in the middle of the road, like completely naked, which is like the complete opposite of snazzy. Little birthday suit action. Yeah, I don't a different know. Kind of suit, if you will. <laughs> I know. And then this one I just had to include because I thought it was really funny. Um, so the famous ghost librarian at the Wareham Public Library. Ooh, okay. I'm intrigued. I'm listening. I'm sat. So it is believed that a librarian that once worked at the Wareham Public Library now interacts with the living from the other side. When alive, she believes that the library was a calm and peaceful place, and that did not change after she passed away. I think even in life, she absolutely despised rock music, and that carried over to death as well. When she was alive, cars would, like, drive by the library all the time, and apparently, like, blasting music. And, like, how can you be at one with your book if you're listening to music all the time, just, like, disturbing you? Be at one with your book. Yeah, Rachel, what do you think reading is? (laughs) Like... (laughs) What do you think the process involves? I'm trying to entail how she felt. It sounds like before you read a book, you have to like feel its energy. Like I just picture someone like putting their face inserted into a book and just like sitting there for 30 minutes. You just real deep. You're just like. (laughs) And then you sit down and you're like, all right. I'm ready. ready. (laughs) I mean, that's how I read. I can't speak for anyone else. Same, same. But I just don't think that's the general, like, I, I love it, and I love the enthusiasm. But it's just me and Christine. No one else does that. Oh, yeah. We're different. <laughs> we're weird. We're weirdos. I was just trying to explain, like, how she, like, I was trying to set the scene. So she hated, Sorry, like, we... people disturbing the peaceful library we setting. disturbs you setting the scene. <laughs> Excellent. And I get exactly what she means. That would that would disturb me too if it was close enough to the road that the road and the traffic and the loud music in the cars disrupted the library patrons. I would also hate it. I used to work in a library. The quiet is the whole part. The whole thing. I'm just saying she would have like totally had a game-changing experience with AirPods. This lady would have hated Kindles. Not because they're loud, but because they're sacrilegious. Oh, I just know yeah. it. You can't be at one with a Kindle. I do all of my reading in a Kindle. So there's something uh, about holding a paper book. I don't care. I, there is something about holding a paper I love book. a paper book. I read paper books. I buy off thrift books a couple times a year and get like really cheap used copies of books, but generally speaking, read on my Kindle. I've been going to the library. Good either way. Alright. So when she was alive, she was known to literally walk her ass outside of the library and run after cars that were blasting music (laughs) oh my god is that how she died yeah no i don't i don't know how she died (laughs) i'm just thinking about a mouse hole with road rage it wouldn't take much to uh back over a little old librarian she would always encourage people to switch, like, the music they were listening to to classical music. And this is a quote from the book that, again, I just had to include because I thought it was funny. So, quote, 
She is still discouraging the corruption of youth and holding up Mozart as the key to happiness, unquote. Okay. Okay. So, so how is she a ghost? Like, what does she do now? You know? <laughs> Please tell so, me. She'll change the radio station, like when you're passing it. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And if the volume is too loud, she'll switch it to a local classical station. I love it. <laughs> Which, like, I just think this is funny. Like, it's hysterical. I just, it's just hilarious. Just the kind of person who is petty enough in real life to chase after a car that was playing music too loud, obviously is going to be petty enough to change their radio station in the afterlife. Honestly, changing somebody's radio station seems like a great time. Especially, well, yeah, because it's like... It's personal. Personal attack. You can't touch someone else's radio. You know? Well, too bad nobody listens to the radio anymore. Well, you're just gonna skip the song I'm listening to? on a different Spotify playlist, okay? <laughs> I'm gonna log you out of Spotify. Log you out of Spotify so you have to pull over and log back in if you want to keep listening to music. Alright, so that was, that's the end. This concludes my first episode about the Bridgewater Triangle. Wow. Fascinating. Really creepy, spooky, paranormal. We're doing the true crime stuff next week. Yes. Next week I'm going to have more true Excellent. crime. But obviously I'm not going to cover every single crime that's oh. happened. Well, yeah. In the Bridgewater Triangle. That would be ridiculous. But I'm mostly going to cover, like, bodies found in the Freetown Forest and then some just, like, well-known cases. Sounds good. That was actually a really fun episode. Like, yeah, because I felt like... Personally, I could joke around a little bit more with it because, especially yeah, with like the cryptids and stuff, it wasn't like real people. Oh yeah, and I'm absolutely gonna make fun of people who have cryptid sightings because they're real people, but it's completely different from being the victim of a crime. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Therefore, I had fun with this. Me too. I'm still thinking about the strawberry bread. I don't think that's ever gonna leave. My- I should make strawberry bread. Yeah, what is strawberry bread? I don't know, but I want to make it. Honestly, now. it sounds really good. That's Where can you get it? Strawberry bread. <gasps> Guys, we should make a TikTok. Making strawberry bread. <gasps> it looks beautiful. Yeah. All right, we're gonna do it. <laughs> Even though it's not the season. Not the type of bread I would um, typically assume a giant would make, but it looks fucking delicious. Okay. Send the recipe in the group chat. We'll make a time. Awesome. <laughs> Well, that was awesome. All right. I'll see you guys next week, and we'll have a regular Tuesday episode in the middle. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that's going to be on yet, but we'll get there when we get there. Oh, yeah. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Stay spooky, bitches. Bye. Bye.